and welcome to the Talking Heads podcast with Lucy and Saul, two head gardeners in Essex and Devon. In light of the coronavirus crisis we are living in and the drastic changes in horticulture happening up and down the UK, we both realised that bringing a regular glimpse into the gardens we look after might bring a little joy and interest. So for the foreseeable future, Talking Heads will now be a shorter podcast where Lucy and I bring you snippets of our daily lives in our gardens as spring unfurls. We'll also bring you news of gardens and gardeners, nurseries and nursery folk throughout the UK. So sit back, take a few minutes out of your day and tune into a small dose of our gardening lives. So it's the end of a long weekend and I don't know about you but I am looking at my hands and I can tell I've been doing quite a lot of gardening in the last few days. Yourself have you been the same or have you been just you know on the computer sitting indoors not doing very much? No 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 no. I don't do that. <laughs> who, who said I did that? Anyway no no I've been I've been on my busman's holiday as it were back out into my own garden. <laughs> to be honest Easter is such a nice time because, well, for me, it is four days off from Stonelands, which I don't often get. Uh, and it is a nice time of year as well, because uh, the way I garden um, with all my exotics and stuff, they're just all starting to uh, wake up, as it were. So it's really nice at this time of year for me to get out and just start clearing everything up, repotting, making sure things are still alive. Because funny enough, a lot of the pots, uh, you don't see anything happening. Everything's happening underneath the surface. So it's always nice to take things out of pots and check them and see if they're still alive. But, you know, the weather's been such a, a, a pleasure this weekend, uh, which sometimes it doesn't always happen over Easter. No, no. Sometimes we have terrible Easter's, don't we? We really yeah, do. Yeah, absolutely. So it's been so nice to get four days off the only the only downer has is i ran out of compost a week and a half ago and i think this is a very common theme i'm seeing all across the gardening nation is that we're all trying to get our hands on compost luckily i've got a delivery coming tomorrow but you told me about this so i, I can sense that you were getting a little bit twitchy about the lack of compost as, <laughs> yeah. as many of us have been and uh like you said when you told me that you'd had all your uh your bags uh the delivery secured mm. Uh, because it's coming on, it was coming on the Monday, wasn't it? You, you, you were elated. You really were elated. Uh, it's, it's, I understand why. It, I, I know people are going to think, well, is that an essential product? And I was thinking about this actually over the weekend. Is it an essential thing for me to get hold of? And I was thinking, well, it is because the collection I've built outside is 20 years worth of collecting plants. Some of them are reasonably rare and some of them I've been looking mm. after for a, a decade or more. And I need to look... <laughs> it's essential for me, part of my being, that they're looked after and that I can get them potted on and I can get compost refreshed to keep them in their best health. Yeah, and I think, well, you, the he mental health, you know, we, we are much more aware of that these days. And I think for everyone to have something, like you say, to, to focus on, and for you, like you say, it's potting up all your exotics, then if that keeps you in a positive, upbeat frame of mind, that in itself... And it keeps you at home, you know. You're you're there in your back garden, exactly. potting everything up, doing that. So, so yeah, I I I, I will be would fully support you. That is that is essential for for you to to keep functioning, to keep happy. So, um, I I have I'm at the end of my compost supply, but I'm I've got a couple of nurseries local to me that I know deliver, and I have put a few feelers out. So I think that 
in the next um, beginning of next the working week, I I should get stocked up again, which would be fantastic because I have been this this weekend and and to be honest, last few weekends I have been sewing and pricking out, potting on. Today, um, I don't know if people remember on my uh, there was a, a tweet I put up about being tomato obsessed, and I had literally um, two modular trays, each with nine cells in, and each of those cells had a different variety of tomatoes in. So that was eighteen different tomato varieties I sowed about <laughs> a fortnight ago. Sounds crazy. And today, uh, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> crazy tomato I'm lady. To take that label. <laughs> that can be. I'm happy to take that label. I'll even have a t-shirt made up if you want <laughs> because I, I love, I love my tomatoes, and I get very excited about sh- sh- sowing different varieties of crops. I really do love the diversity that you get within certain crops, and tomatoes are, you know. The, the fruit size, the colour, the flavour, everything about them is so, so varied. So today I was pricking out those tomatoes. Um, I, I think I've mentioned before, I'm I'm going to attempt to sell quite a lot of them for charitable causes at the end of my driveway. So I'm not propagating just for myself. I'm also doing it for the whole of the village here. And people are already saying to me, have you got any runner beans? Are you going to have any tomatoes? Are you going to have this? I'm like, yes, I really, really am. I'm trying my absolute best, but I've only got one little greenhouse and I haven't got any more compost it's, in a minute. It's so, um, funny uh, you say yeah. that. Someone got in touch with my partner, Nick, to say, uh, is there any way I can get tomatoes this year or tomato pug plants? And I was like, I think it's going to be quite tricky. A lot of the uh, the the big uh, plug uh, veg plug sales um, websites are yep. all completely uh, shutting down orders because they're overwhelmed at the moment. It's been massively overwhelmed, Grow Your Own, hasn't it? So, which is which I know we've talked about it before. It's uh, it's it's good, but but yeah, trying to get plants, uh, vegetable plants at the minute, I think must be quite mm. difficult. So. I'm hoping to supply the whole I was going to say, so you're going to become Chamberlain's (laughs) Vegetable Emporium. (laughs) Exactly. Raising money for good causes in the process. But uh, yeah, so that's been the majority of my weekends. And uh, so you've been potting up. I've been potting up, I've been pricking out. Um, The other part of my garden, because I do go on about the exotics a lot and all all my greenhouse and my polytons, but actually the front of my garden is actually dedicated to woodland plants because that's my other big passion in horticulture is is the woodland, the shade end of the planting spectrum. So tomorrow, uh, well, actually today, this podcast is coming out on Monday, but we're recording on Sunday. So um, I'm going to be actually planting up a lot and splitting up a lot of the snowdrops, um, a lot of the uh, early daffodils that have gone over. I've also got um, some epimediums to go in as well um, and some more... um, sort of uh, foliage plants. So uh, there's um, a load of Tyrellas and there's one called Iron Butterflies. Oh, I love that one. Love that one. Yeah, the flowers are lovely, but it's actually the foliage I grow for it because it's it's got um, green leaves with these really super sort of dark red brown bars that go across the leaves and they look great as they spread and they make a really good ground cover so tomorrow i'm going to be focusing more on my um, my woodland beds so that should be good yeah no that's that i i am guilty at the moment of focusing wholly 150 percent on my vegetable garden what i call the kitchen garden it's got fruit and veg in it and as as i say i've been in the greenhouse a lot i've also been um, pea sticking my my broad beans were getting quite large the autumn sown ones so they needed some support uh, ian my husband has making some been making some lovely glass cloches out of greenhouse offcuts for my early um seedlings i've got things like uh, turnips and spinach and beetroot 
um, all sorts of things going into the ground now as well. Uh, and I've, I've devoted far too much time to the, to the edible garden. I, I do have a lovely, um, ornamental garden as well. It's just that it hasn't, hasn't drawn my attention. Um, and it, I need to get into there. I've got some, some lovely, um, it's, it, again, like you, it's, it's actually very shady, that part of my, my garden. There's a big apple tree there and it's a, a massive big fence adjoining the neighbor's house, which is north facing. So I've got lots of, um, Brunera, I've got lots of aquilegias that have self-sown. I've actually got Iris Siberica, which actually, which does really, really well in that area. It's quite, um, a moist soil and, and, and shady as well. I've got a few alliums that I, I potted into, um, pots in the autumn that I need to dot around the borders because I do like, well, it's the classic, the purple sensation is one that is, is very, very well known as an allium. And I've got some of that in the border that I, every year I top it up. I just make sure that the bulbs keep on, keep on going. And I've got those to put in the ground. They're just, there's already flower buds starting to I was going to say, the leaves must the, be coming pots. out already with a... Oh. I yeah. know, I know. I'm. I need to get. I need to get cracking. I've got bugle to plant out because it makes a fantastic ground cover in the spring. The flower spikes are already coming up. Oh, I, I honestly, I have so neglected my ornamental garden. But saying that, uh, this maybe maybe tomorrow, which is the Monday for us, or maybe going into the working week, we'll have a little bit of time to focus on not what we eat. But what we we eat with our eyes, yeah, exactly. uh, the beautiful, the like I say, delicate woodland plants. Mm. So so, I I have neglected them severely, and I need to get onto that part of the garden. So. But then you've got this lovely new greenhouse, haven't you? And I can I can imagine that the fact that for the first year you you're using your greenhouse properly, I, I it I, oh. it's the same when I got my greenhouse here. It became mm. my absolute focus. And I was thinking, right, I need to get the staging right. How am I going to arrange things? And you sort of, you do yeah. take your eye off the rest of the garden in some ways, just trying to get um, that amazing new, uh, you know, piece of kit. It's like anyone who gets a new piece of kit. They suddenly, it, it's used all the time. So I can, oh. I, I, you know, I, can, I think I can, I can excuse you. From, you can forgive um, me for what I've yeah, done. Yeah, for not um, looking at your <laughs> ornamental beds so much. I must admit, I... I am in love with my, with my greenhouse at the minute. I, um, for those of you who have, who have seen on Twitter, the base, the brick base has been down for three years. Um, and it's only the cedar frame that got put together last year. Uh, my aunt, my godmother, my auntie Gwen passed away and she left me some money. And with that, I, we, we, we had a sil, a cedar frame built. So it's a lovely cedar frame greenhouse. We, we designed it ourselves and the timber yard, in the village, created it for us. We had a f- various conversations, sort of toing and froing about the design. Um, had to undo and redo a few things just to make it right. But oh, I'm so glad. I I don't like it when we have to undo stuff, and you have to be a bit of an awkward customer. It's not in my nature. I don't. I'm 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 normally quite passive, and I don't like to make a fuss. But there was a few things that we we thought, no, no, hang on, we've just got to get that right, and we tweaked it. And now. All that angst is behind me. I'm so glad that we did because I, I walk into that. The first thing I've been doing in this in these hot days, go into the greenhouse, open it all up, get the vents open, get the side windows open, open the door, irrigate everything, damp down the floor, get it all going. And, oh, it's delicious. I can't describe it in any other way. It's absolutely delicious. So, you know, I, I know it's a luxury to have a greenhouse in your own private garden and not many people do have one or, or it's, you know the cedar frame is, is an utter indulgence for me but if you are lucky enough to have a greenhouse and I know you've got a beautiful one at Stonelands um, they 
just walking into that door and the smell that you get um, of the, the, you know, the oxygen enriched air, the, the compost in the heat, um, just the sound of the glass as the, as the day goes on and the, and the heat expands the glass. You can hear it sort of like cracking and moving and all that kind of those sort of, you know, organic sounds that a greenhouse gives you. It's, if honestly, it makes my heart sing. It's it's just amazing. Yeah, I, I highly recommend that if you really are going to take gardening really seriously in your life, it's something you're really getting into. A greenhouse is one of those things, and I know you're saying it's an indulgence, but I really think it's one of those things that everyone should really get because it doesn't half change the way you can garden, the plants you can yeah. use, the propagation, for one thing, the, the change in the way you would propagate. Lots of my friends who approach me for advice on growing vegetable plants, especially now, they're using windowsills and all sorts of things. And you can see when you when they show me their plants pictures or on the video, you can see they're a little bit atoliated. They're all facing one way, and you can see that's the 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 the, the windowsills you know fault because it is yeah. reasonably hard to grow things on windowsills. When you get a greenhouse and it just expands the amount of seeds you can sow, the amount of cuttings, the length of the season. Oh, yeah, a greenhouse. And if you really, you know, and this is more to do with how if you financially, if you've got the finances, I really would go for a cedar greenhouse or one like I've got at Stonelands, the old Alatex Victoriana styles, because you'll be amazed how much a greenhouse becomes a central focus to a garden when it goes up. And having a, a bit of a cheap and nasty looking one can actually really set the look of the garden back. And I just love cedar or wooden greenhouses and they just look right don't they in their in their space so you've got a you've got a wooden greenhouse in your own private back garden and that's cedar isn't it i've got a yes i've got a cedar i i, I invested in a cedar one because i knew it was going to be smack bang in the middle of the the patio and p- people will be looking at it and there'll be plants in it and there'll be plants around it so it's there it's obviously there for practical reasons, but it's also there for the aesthetics of the garden as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you mentioned about the the light levels and, as you say, growing on the windowsill, which is what I had to do before the greenhouse came along. Oh, gosh, it, on the windowsills, I had to propagate stuff in the bath, do all my potting up in the bath. Oh, my goodness. You know, I, we, I, I've been there. I've done it. I've, I've definitely, definitely worn that T-shirt. My tomatoes this year are so stocky. They're so brilliantly stocky strong i just look at them going yes you are a fantastic tomato seedling you are going to grow into the best looking plant um like you say it it does start you off on the right level and i i know having looked at your twitter feed that you've had a little bit of pliny action i think (laughs) in your your greenhouse this week so tell us about that well my plea um so uh a big orchid nut, as most people who know me are, I am, and I've been really getting into the hardy end of orchids. So I, I started this collection two years ago, and now I've got 38 varieties of pleonies, and they're really starting to come through this year. And uh, I think I've had five varieties flower so far, and they are looking glorious. And I've got to say, yeah. the strong sunshine's helped. So pleonies are um, on the alpine end of um, orchids in that they're quite exposed. Uh, they do like to get a bit of sunshine. Mm. Um, so I think that's really, and uh, you know, and the temperatures going up has really helped bring out the flowers. And they are, they're just dual. Some 
some people do call them the jewels of the orchid world because they're these little things but then the flower comes out and it's absolutely spectacular usually in pinks and whites they're very big flowers for the for the size of the plant and uh, you, you get a massive massive big bloom on a peony Huge flower yes and yeah. the lovely thing is, is you can make these um pans so if you um you can get terracotta pans and you can make uh, pans of these orchids. Eventually, they'll build up in bulk. And you can have like something like 50 flowers coming out. And hopefully, that's my aim, is to get a really nice wow. variety with 50 flowers and just look spectacular. But um, yeah, it's really nice to... Because most of my exotics are later year stuff. I have tried to grow a lot of early year stuff as well. So I grow my snowdrops, my erythroniums, all my woodland things for early interest in the year. And that sort of fills the gap before the exotics really start to kick in. Yeah, yeah. I've got a little part of the garden that we've not developed at all yet. And that's going to be where I put my woodland plants. Because as you say, woodland plants, very often, they will flower and do their thing before the deciduous canopy above has actually even emerged. That's why, as you say, often they do flower in the spring. And 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 then they're dormant often when the trees are in full growth and sucking all the moisture out of the soil. They, the, the plants beneath, often very often bulbous plants, or tuberous plants they're fully dormant asleep so that the ground can be as dry as you like when the trees are growing and that's that's often how they've evolved so going back to the plenies are are they um i know some terrestrial orchids have this relationship with fungi don't they they have like a, a symbiotic yeah. relationship so do, does that happen with your plenies and do you have to then no. be careful with the potting mix for those or yeah no plenies are interesting because they actually have a true pseudo bulb so uh orchid a lot of orchids um, if you ever buy the ones from the supermarket or something that are not the Phalaenopsis type, they usually have a swollen stem. Um, and that's usually referred to as the pseudobulb. And it's a it's a food and water storage device for the orchids for when they're going through dry periods or their rest period. Um, so peonies have a true pseudobulb and, uh, and therefore they don't really need to have uh, that relationship um, unless you're growing them from seed. Right. Um but so you can just buy the bulbs. Great thing about Pliny is you can buy the little bulbs. They can actually sit in the fridge all winter. So oh, might like sit that. in the fridge in little in little um, paper bags all winter, and then you get them out about February, uh, and then you then you um, plant them up, uh, and then they'll flower, and then you can just stick them outside and let them get on with their thing. Uh, and then uh, once they're finished and the leaves are died down, back in the fridge. So do they, the fridge is vernalizing them, I guess, is it? And it's then... just keeping them dormant because yeah. the one thing yeah. they hate, the one thing they hate over winter is the wet and cold. Right. I was going to say that must be why you have to do that because I can understand that they get the cold, but then in the fridge they don't get any any wet at all, do they? So No moisture. Right. So it's, it's a dry cold in the fridge. Again, you don't want that to go below around three degrees because they don't like... Uh, to be honest, uh, more and more people are trying them outside. I remember when I was at Kew, we were trying some experiments of growing them outside and some of them did get through the winter. Obviously, London has a very different microclimate than other areas. I am going to try a few outside uh, at home uh, when I've bolted them up enough that I wouldn't worry about losing a few. But um, yeah, they, 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 I think they're fantastic little orchids if you want to get into the into it and they're so you know they're small enough that they don't take up much room so well there you go there you go so if, if you've got an understanding other half uh who doesn't mind their fridge being filled in the winter with little paper <laughs> bags filled with individual bulbs uh then try peonies and if you want to look at our twitter feeds as i say uh saw is at gardening saw and i am head gardener lc 
Saul is giving some beautiful photographs of Pliny's in flower at the minute. I am putting up various posts about my passion growing your own. And uh, we're both showing our garden still because we're working at the estates. So please do have a look there and, uh, and keep in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. So that's today's podcast. We hope you enjoy this shortened format and the look at our lives and our gardens. Hopefully you'll tune in again soon to hear about what we're up to. We understand that for many, life has changed in ways not imagined during the start of this year. Our thoughts especially go out to all our colleagues and peers in horticulture that have been drastically affected, and we hope that life will return and, like all good plants, flower again much better than before. In the meantime, please do get out into your gardens, support your local small specialist nurseries and enjoy time out from this extraordinary shift in ordinary life. Until the next episode of Talking Heads, goodbye! goodbye.